from the Lake Erie shores of Northeast Ohio. Hello, Cleveland! Rock and roll capital of the world and birthplace of the comic book superhero. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. This is the Panel Scanners Podcast since 2012. Welcome to the Panel Scanners. This is our first, I guess, real distance learning style episode where uh, at least two of the gang are together. How are you doing tonight, Darren? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, Hanging in there. Uh, Tim is unfortunately unable to join us. He is considered essential, and uh, he's been working some crazy hours. I did speak with him a couple days ago. He's in very good spirits, and we're hoping he'll be able to get back with us uh, next month. Uh, but later, uh, hopefully tonight, we're going to be joined by my friend Matt. Matt has joined us a couple of times at Free Comic Book Day, and I've always enjoyed his insights. Actually, he appeared on one of our Star Wars specials, too. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very keen insights into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Star Wars, and the, those seem to be his two avenues. And, yeah, we're going to be talking about some of those things tonight. Um, so, yeah, well, he'll be with us. But uh, I'm excited to be back and recording with you. Uh, let me give a quick thank you to my friend Mark, who joined me a couple of weeks ago for our James uh, Bond, Who's Your Bond segment, and he helped me out with a few news stories that I really wanted to talk about uh, along the way. And uh, Jason from Carolyn John's uh, finally yes. was able to join us um, to do some wrestling stuff, along with my buddy Redmond, who had joined me once before when we did our Top Ten Wrestlers a couple of years ago. And uh, Redmond was uh, kind enough to join me about, for a couple of no- other news stories that I was really interested in reporting on. And uh, we did some uh, State of Pro Wrestling talk and did our top ten favorite wrestling matches in advance of WrestleMania. So those guys really uh, did us some solids by helping us create a little bit of extra content as we go forward into these uncharted waters. But you know what? I'm glad to be back with you tonight, my friend. This is uh, We've been together a long time doing this, so I'm yes, excited to get to it. Yeah, too, I, I will miss our essential buddy, though. Yeah, it's back. always good when the trio of us are together. Oh, but yes, he will be back for sure when the world is a little bit better. But while you and I were away, there is a good bit of things that are going on because the world is so unbelievably different at the moment. Uh, let's start with some comic book stuff. Uh, the big one, Diamond Distribution stopped distributing. How do you feel about that, Darren? Uh, you know, I think it's just essential at this point, right? I mean, it's just one of those things that it was kind of inevitable given everything else that's shutting down. Yeah, and I, I mean, in a way, it was incredibly beneficial because with our comic book shops closing, for the most part, I mean, there's still been curbside, um, but they can't really have people inside and deliveries being so delayed. I, I think it would have hurt because... If the distributors are still open, our comic shops that weren't bringing in the same kind of revenue would still be pumping the same amount of money into ordering comics, and that would be a huge issue. Uh, So I I think it's a good thing, and to kind of piggyback off of that to combine my first two things together, there was a digital comic freeze as well um, with the idea that it was to help local comic book shops, and and I want to get your actual feeling about this, Darren, but... um, 
with diamond stopping and digital comic stopping, we're not really getting anything new. And the official release of, about these things were they were stopping the digital comics because they didn't want to harm local comic shops. I personally feel that the reason that they did a digital comic freeze was because they didn't want to get ahead of print comic. That's an interesting uh, notion. I'm not, I guess I really wouldn't know exactly why. Um, I, I mean, I, I, if they're being altruistic and they're trying to help the local comic shop out, mm -hmm. fantastic. Um, it's, uh, I hope that's true. I hope that's true. And, and you know what? Uh, this, the times we're living in now, I mean, you could easily see some of these shops that the comic book industry is certainly isn't what it was. Um, you know, 10, 15 years, 20 years ago. So some of these shops are probably hanging on by a thread as it is. Um, uh, so I don't know. I, I, I think it's an, I think it's a fine idea, especially if it well, helps I, local comic shops. And you might be right though. It might not be as altruistic. They don't get too far ahead of print. Yes. And I mean, to be fair, if, if they did end up doing this thing of, uh, letting digital comics get ahead when the comic book shops do open back up, I mean, right now we're already two weeks in of comics being frozen in the shops without any distribu distribution, it, it would bankrupt uh, a lot of these shops. So I, I do see the good side in it. Um, with that, something I'm going to slide in here as a little discussion piece is, do you think that comic books as we know it are going to look the same in any way, shape, or form once we get out of this pandemic? So... Yeah, I assume part of what you're asking is whether or not we are seeing the slow end of actual print comics. And, you know, that's something being involved in the comic book um, industry as long as I have been. Uh, I predicted 20 years ago, and I'm wrong, uh, and I'm happy to be wrong. I don't think so. I don't know. I, I think the comic book industry will adapt to whatever happens with the rest of the world. And I could actually see um, maybe even a little bit of a resurgence in comic book uh, okay. interest uh, because of what's gone on, because people may be rediscovering some of these things. I postulated as much about the wrestling industry, given that WrestleMania 36 went ahead, um, not as planned, in an empty arena. And I thought, well, you know, we are a, a, I'm a big sports fan, as you know, and I'm a big wrestling fan. So I was certainly more transfixed than I might have been, given that I truly haven't really followed wrestling uh, regularly for quite a long time. Yes. Um, but I thought there might be some new eyes on the product, and I think maybe that could be the case for the comic book industry, because we could be talking about people, you know, digging out old long boxes that had been sitting in the basement you know parents who've been were collectors uh when they were kids you know kind of finding time and looking for an entertainment uh looking for some entertainment and something to share with their children that they may be digging through their stuff and finding some of these old things and renewing an interest there so i hope that's true i i mean you and i are you know in you know, episode 117 of a podcast that we dedicate to comic books and i think that you know it's something that's very important to us and I hope that, uh, you know, I'm always rooting for the industry and I'm always rooting for the comic shops, especially our guys over at Carolyn John. So yeah. let's hope it's true. 
Well, there is one other uh, bit of news that kind of slipped in here, but I wasn't able to find a lot of concrete information about it. There's a rumor floating around, and again, rumor is the big uh, focus here, that there is going to be some way for local comic book shops to hook up with digital releases of comics in which during the pandemic, while these shops are closed, we would be able to buy digital comics once they become a thing again. And once we bought the digital comic, we would be able to acquire a physical comic of the same at our local comic book shop. Again, I don't know how that would play out. I read it in one place uh, that was shared with by by uh, a friend of mine, um, but I wasn't able to find concrete information as to what the shops were, how they would even go about choosing where you would be buying the digital comics, considering there's so many different faucets for buying these things, and how that would guarantee the money is going to where it should be going. Hmm. So it was a very interesting concept, um, but it, it seems better in concept than 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 reality. I don't know. It's I I you know especially from what I remember I got when I was doing the Marvel Star Wars, which I now am again. Um, I there was a lot of that you got the you could get a digital copy of the comic, and that never appealed to me. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I do. I have read digital comics a lot, and I, I really like when I first got my first smartphone. I was all over it, and there were some things that were only available available digitally that I really liked. Yes. But once the newness and the, um, the, the once that newness factor and the uniqueness of it wore off, I very quickly returned to print comics, and I, I love those print comics. In fact, so much so that like one of the reasons I think that I really struggled to finish that massive Star Wars retro active review was because it became too much of a burden to acquire all of the issues. So I ended up going with the compendium editions, and it wasn't as fun. Um, Well, I'm going to speak a little bit more about why it wasn't as fun later. (laughs) I think I've spent a lot of time on that already. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it's interesting because with the digital comic, I I don't know. It's just I still think I'm so old school. Like, I, I, I used to like reading a newspaper, and I still like reading a newspaper. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I, I'm, we'll see what happens. I, I, I guess, you know, we're kind of operating from the same standpoint as educators where what are, what are people going to think about distance learning once this is all done? Or, I mean, how much more of a thing is that going to be? How much more of a thing is digital comics going to be? Because who is that going to hurt? It's going to hurt the comic shops. And... I don't want to see those things go away, man. I get excited, like, when we travel, if I see a comic book shop. I want to go in it. I want to check it out. I want to see what they have. For sure. And, and I mean, I would say, see, I'm a little bit different than you. I'm I'm actually okay with the whole concept of digital comics. Uh, that's actually how I've been reading the IDW TMNT books. Um, but... I think the big thing with the local comic shops and why I personally would never completely steer away is the relationships built there. Uh, right. We're very, very, very lucky that our local comic shop has such great employees um, that you legitimately feel welcome there. Uh, I mean, I've had I've had shops in the past where I didn't feel welcome, and if I yeah. were in that situation at this point and digital was a real option unlike you i think i could go completely that route uh simply because of storage storage is big oh sure sure you're right and um 
that is one of the reasons that I've pared down my current pull list as much as I mm -hmm. have. Um, yes. And yeah, there is certainly an attractiveness to going digital, but I don't know. It's it. I mean, that's <laughs> hopefully that 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 we don't make that decision just because of what's going on right now. I agree completely. I, I was just really curious as to what you thought about that. Uh, so before all this went down, uh, there was a news article. I, I don't know how um, realistic this is at this point, what's going to happen after all this is done, if this is going to be an even bigger concept. But Marvel claimed that they would be slowing comic production in the sense that they were going to pare down books a little bit more. Uh, so instead of having the 12 Spider-Man books that exist, there might be three or four. Um, I've heard this before. It always comes back. What do you think? I'm concerned because there was a rumor. Was it just this past summer, summer 2019, where Marvel was going to shut down the comics division completely? Like Disney was going to shut that down? It ended up being quashed pretty quickly. But the fact that it made it out there and made the rounds was disturbing. For a comic book well, and uh it was enough like i know i don't think we reported too much on it because by the time we got around to recording again it it, it had died long before um mm -hmm. but for a while there but, but you know the problem is with a rumor like that it's not beyond the realm of believability at this point no well i mean i i the other hot topic at the moment is that dc uh the big rumor is their new push is their last ditch effort the uh, 5G or whatever they're calling it. Have you heard anything about that? No, honestly, I haven't. Yeah, they're saying that this is their last true thing because they took such a hit with uh, New 52 and then spiraling out of that idea that uh, this new idea that they're pushing out now is their like last great hope and then the pandemic hit and it never even occurred. So, oh boy. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to understand. Okay, so it, one of the problems, obviously, is that there's so much more going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, unfortunately, for me, just not being that guy, social media appears to be the number one source of entertainment ever for, for anyone at this point. For, by and large, that appears to be the number one source of entertainment. YouTube videos, these short, I mean, movies. Like Hollywood, I mean take away marvel and star wars and hollywood is dead and buried i mean it just seems like um you know and i, I look at simple things like and i know this is not related like major league baseball finally deciding to put safety nets all the way down the foul lines and essentially saying we're saving you from yourselves because they show video of people just sitting on their phones where foul balls are screaming right by their heads yeah um so that that now has turned us into a society where, you know, a comic book is no longer a cool thing. I don't know if that's exactly the way I want to put it, but that's the way it feels. You could have that comic book in your hand. In fact, you have access. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm sitting here saying it. I love the DC Universe. Why? Because you have access eventually, from what they say, to their entire library, um, which is, an, is a mind-blowing thing. Like right now, I can go read Action Comics number one on my phone. And yeah. Just because, like, if I, you know, I, I look, I just think about what you did several years ago on our podcast by reading all of Spider Man or the Amazing Spider Man, right? Yes. And how you probably had to move mountains to get a hold of some of that stuff. And then, you know, I probably have it a lot. Of, if I ever wanted to do all of Action Comics, it's probably going to be sitting right in my thumb, right? Yeah. I mean, at this point, 
I could fill in all the gaps of what I missed, like not just yeah. amazing. So it's, I, I really, really would be sad if one of the two of them go. What happens? Does the industry survive? I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. I, but I mean, again, I think that's the whole what is it actually going to look like? Is it still going to be a print medium or are we actually going to, I mean, you just talking about social media and the fact that we can't get off of our phones. Yeah. Are we heading in that direction? And I mean, would it cost them less uh, Marvel or DC to only put out digital? Obviously it would. You so assume. I mean that, you know, it's funny when I saw this story and I put it to you, I just assumed that they were slowing down the production because of you know everyone's in quarantine and it makes sense i hadn't considered that it was a, a complete and total uh you know company-wide slowdown i mean that's crazy i mean we were we we found out in in cuyahoga county here in the cleveland area yesterday as we record this on april 9th that cleveland plain dealer reporters are no longer covering cleveland and they laid off 20 additional reporters that the Cleveland stories are going to be covered by Cleveland.com and the plain dealers reporters are no longer covering Cleveland. And that's, that's wild. Yeah, and it's – I mean, we were talking – I'm surprised, to be honest, that the plain dealer is still in existence. I mean, it wasn't so long ago that the Seattle Times Register went, went under. And that's a major newspaper. And I think I, – I, you know, once I heard that, I wonder how many of – kind of shut down since then um but i mean the problem is when i hear these things you know you're saying the dc this is the last ditch effort it's not hard to believe sadly i mean it doesn't no. seem that far-fetched that it could be all over soon well i mean we've heard this before though too that it's all circling the drain and it's not going to be a thing and it always comes back. I hope that's not true. And you're right. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, Marvel was bankrupt how many times and they're still, exactly. and they're there as more popular than they've ever been. At least the characters are. Yes. Very true. Well, on some slightly, I don't know if this is necessarily better news, but interesting nonetheless, uh, that in this weird time in which we live, we are starting to see things either completely skip the theaters or be in the theaters incredibly brief or briefly. I mean, the theaters aren't open at this point um, and coming directly home. Uh, so a couple things have, have come recently, and I, I may have missed uh, some um, just because of lack of interest on my own part. Uh, but two of the big ones that hit home before or soon after theater is uh, that – Disney took uh, Pixar's newest film onward and dropped it onto Disney Plus. I believe it was last Friday. That's correct. Um, and, and that was a very, very quick move. And uh, this uh, tomorrow, actually, Trolls World Tour skipped theaters completely and is going to be dropped into um, digital release. So. I, 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 I think it's crazy to, to think that we're almost losing the idea of, of theater at this point. And it's almost scary to think that it's a, it's a weird jump because, I mean, I, I don't feel like theaters are pulling down the money that they used to. 
Oh, certainly not. I mean, like we were just mentioning a moment ago, without Marvel, without Star Wars, where would the theater industry have been over the last couple of uh, years? So, again, it, it's just—I don't know. <laughs> it's so—it's so hard to process what's been happening. But I mean, I know that they keep saying Black Widow's been pushed back. All these things have been pushed back. But you'd have to think. I mean, let me ask you this right now: If yeah. you thought that. Black Widow, they're just going to say, wasn't that supposed to come out this month or next? Uh, May. May? Uh, I know James Bond was supposed to come out within the next week or two. If they said, we're going to skip the theater production, you can watch it right now for 20 bucks. I probably would do it. I, I, might, I might go, yeah, why not? I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. I'm in the comfort of my own home. I mean, I so rarely get out to the movies anyway. So I don't know. That's, that's interesting stuff. Uh, interesting. Sad. A little bit, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, that's one of the things I do enjoy doing. You, you know, I go to the, th- I, I go out and see a movie at least once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's weird for me to think of that, but at the same time, you can pop popcorn at home and, like you said, spend twenty bucks and own the movie instead of spending two tickets plus popcorn plus just going out and generally maybe getting dinner and stuff too. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know, it, man. It, I don't even watch trailers I mean, anymore. I'm so dis- disconnected to the movie industry. So, eh. oh, don't get me started with trailers. You know how I feel. <laughs> I like do that. still miss going to the movies, though. I used to go so often. And I mean, oh, yeah. I used to see virtually everything you know, when, I, when I was a kid and, you know, even going in, on into college. Well, speaking of movies and Star Wars, and before we get there, I do want to welcome Matt to the podcast. Uh, he is yeah, uh, very gracious to join Thank us tonight, you. and we're about to jump into a Star Wars story, which I know uh, Matt's pretty high on. So Matt's been with us before, as we alluded to uh, early in the podcast. He joined me on one of our Star Wars specials, and he's been kind enough to meet us out at uh, Free Comic Book Day to uh, analyze the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially mm-hmm. since I uh, <laughs> couldn't. Um, to, for, for most of that stuff. So, um, thanks for joining us, Matt, and welcome back to the panel scanners. No, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for this opportunity again. Oh, we're glad oh, to have you. Boy. Glad to have you. And we're uh, just yeah. about to talk some Star Wars news. Um, now, Matt, do you have something going on in the background, uh, a TV or a radio, or is that just us that we're hearing? Because I'm getting some feedback. No, no, I don't have anything going on. I'm up in my attic. Okay. Well, I'll just continue on and uh, suck it up, everybody. Um, so this is what you deal with. We do things from multiple homes. Yeah, instead of well, one. I hope everyone's uh, willing to accept a little bit of that. I mean, hey, listen, a lot of the uh, talk shows and chat shows are they're filming from home too. So, you know, I'm very sure we can get away with a little bit of uh, audio hiccups here and there. Um, All right, so some Star Wars updates, and usually Tim covers this stuff, and he'll be back with us hopefully very, very soon. Um, Now, formerly coded Project Luminous, more details have been revealed about what the new Star Wars saga, The High Republic, is. Now, I want to give a quick thanks to my pal Mark, who joined me last month and first reported on this story for us. More details have emerged since. Um... So Mark made the distinction that the reason to call the series the High Republic was likely to indicate two things. It denotes a time during which the Jedi are at the height of their existence. And Mark postulated that it was dubbed the High Republic to avoid comparisons to the very popular uh, Knights of the Old Republic video games. Um, the stories are said to take place two centuries before Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. The High Republic is separate from any other media initiative. As of now, it is a comic is a book and comic only initiative. Now, 
they have released what they are listing as Phase 1 of Star Wars The High Republic, and here's what's coming this summer. There are three books coming out. Star Wars The High Republic, Light of the Jedi, and that's by Charles Soule. Now, that's a name oh. that you and I are both very familiar with, yes. um, Phil. And he actually wrote, uh, wasn't he, didn't he write Lando? Uh, I believe so. And, I mean, he did one of my uh, more enjoyable Daredevil runs, too. So that, yeah, that's so awesome. Charles, Charles Soule is a name that we've bounced around the podcast quite a bit. Then there, And that is uh, that is listed as a hardcover, hardcover novel uh, to be published by Del Rey. That's coming in August. <laughs> Of this, this year. I'm thinking that might be something I might want to pick up. Uh, then there's Star Wars The High Republic, A Test of Courage, an illustrated middle grade novel by Justina Ireland, so a young adult, and that's going to be by Disney Lucasfilm Press. Star Wars The High Republic, Into the Dark, another young adult to teen novel by Claudia Gray. And then there are two comic series coming out. Now here's something interesting. Star Wars The High Republic Adventures... And that is by Daniel Jose Older, published by IDW. That's interesting. And then Star Wars The High Republic, which I believe is going to be an ongoing monthly uh, by Kevin Scott, published by Marvel. Now, as of now, only Yoda would exist in this time period. And if you head on over to the Star Wars YouTube channel to see a trailer in which production sketches of what appears to be maybe a younger Yoda... Uh, and he pops up a few times, however, briefly. Um, so this appears to be a big thing coming in, in the world of Star Wars as we uh, have moved on from the traditional Skywalker saga. And there are a lot of questions surrounding what the future of Star Wars is on screen. Right now, they're going into this High Republic era with a lot of uh, a lot of coming at it through a lot of angles and i gotta tell you i'm kind of interested at least in the in the hardcover novel and probably the marvel comic series what about you guys well i'm a little nervous about the high republic because one of my least favorite parts about uh the prequels was the republic and all of the crazy political crap that we had to listen to and, and there's a concern that that's what these books will be what do you think matt he's dead i think we got him matt we killed him. I see him smiling. Uh, but, uh, he is smiling, laughing at it. Uh, the second episode there, he is, the, uh, there he is. There he is. Say again. Say again. I was just saying. That. I think that was my favorite part of the second episode. Was that uh, episode two was the amount of bureaucracy that was there for us to really get a peek behind the curtain of what made the... No, I'm kidding. That was terrible. That was the first time I fell asleep <laughs> in a theater. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, no, that's exciting news though. It is really, really interesting to see. And, and anytime you can work Yoda into the story a little bit more, I, you know, I'm obviously going to be excited about that. Yeah, no, it's like they, at one point they said, and I think we reported on this a long time ago, Phil, that they were not going to have any legacy characters involved in this. And then they said maybe Yoda. I'm like, dang, they could not help themselves. They? Yeah, no. yeah, no. especially with the, with the baby Yoda popularity. Like, you know what? we got to find a way to get this guy in here. Well, he was 900 years old, so he's actually still pretty old when this happens. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I, I'm leaning towards at least getting that book, and I haven't read a Star Wars novel in probably 25 years. Um, things we're going to get to talk to later uh, in the month again, so we'll save, we'll leave a little few bullets in that chamber. Um, sure. But, uh, yeah, this, uh, this, sounds, this sounds like it's going to be fun. Hey, maybe uh, that's something 
I can pick up and like do a little segment on and read it. You will see. We'll see. I mean, yeah. it's at least, least worth a shot. I'm in such a Star Wars case since my, my little boy is uh, so into Star Wars right now that I, I sort of rediscovered my love of Star Wars to some degree. On to some other Marvel news. Now, Phil, I know that you handle our Marvel beat, but I didn't think you'd mind me taking this story since I listed George Perez as my all-time favorite artist when we did our top ten favorite artists for the PSers back in episode 55 from June of 2017. He is best known for his work on which Marvel title and which key Marvel storyline having penciled the first crucial part, Phil? Uh, Spider-Man, I'm assuming, or you want to put it on me, right? Well, there are more uh, characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe than Spider-Man, last I checked. No, not at all. Um... I honestly don't remember where Perez started. He was he. It wasn't Guardians, was it? No. See, I'm here. No, you're catching me on a off on my Marvel history evening. Matt, any notion here? Oh no, no, I'm sorry. Okay, so you're gonna kick yourself, Phil. He Man. was the illustrator during the first part of the Infinity Gauntlet. Nah. Oh, you don't think that's a big deal? The Infinity thing with the glove and the and the Thanos and the lightning and the killing and the and the movies and the money and all that stuff? Not a big deal, huh? We haven't talked about that at all in this podcast, have we? No, never. No, oh, that's see. not important. Yeah, that's disappointing, Phil. But, but anyway, um, you know he you know he's more known for obviously his legendary run on the Teen Titans, the new Teen Titans. But uh, you know after battling numerous health issues he announced his retirement from comics uh, back in January of 2019 but this December Marvel will be publishing the Marvel art of George Perez a compendium edition so that's kind of awesome um, and like I said this guy is my favorite artist of all time he was the artist on Crisis on Infinite Earths also the artist on part of the Infinity Gauntlet come on man that, I mean the dude's got like two of the biggest things ever under his belt and by the way the two biggest things in television and, and movie Movies of the last couple of years, both George Perez was linked to both of those. So, I mean, we're talking about an absolute, I mean, legend icon, you know, maybe right underneath Stan Lee and, you know, Jack Kirby. And the name George Perez is going to end up being up there at some point. For sure. Uh, see, that's always been my biggest problem is when we go to a little bit older of the comics. Because I told you I didn't really start paying attention like my uh, my writers and my artists until we started doing the podcast. So if I haven't read it since we started the podcast, I can't always remember it. Well, I'd sh- like to also point out that you've been hosting a uh, comic book themed podcast for eight years now. I feel like some of these things might have bled through from time to time. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Darren. You broke up there. I can't see. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I did. I'm sure. Don't worry. I'll figure out how to fix that part of the audio. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we've already mentioned this briefly, but moving forward a little bit, uh, Disney has changed their uh, release schedule, obviously. Uh, there's a lot. So I'm just going to kind of jump around to the things that are kind of important to what we talk about here. Uh, I'm going to flip through real quick. Uh, Black Widow has been pushed back to November 6th. Uh, Green Guy, which is that um, Ryan Reynolds uh, film in which he is a random character in a video game, is December 11th of this year, of course. Uh, Moving into 2021, The Eternals got pushed February 12th. Um, Bob's Burgers movie. That's weird. Hey, that's what I'm seeing here. Uh, Shang-Chi, Darren, got pushed May 7th of 2021. May of next year. 
Yes, sir. Big D's birthday right around May. No wonder what I'll be doing. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange got pushed to November fifth. Uh, Avatar two, December seventeenth, twenty twenty one, of course. Uh, twenty twenty two, we have the new Thor: Love and Thunder, February eighteenth. Black Panther two, May sixth. What year? Captain Mar- uh, we're in twenty twenty two. Okay, yeah. Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel, July eighth. Untitled Marvel, October seventh. Untitled Star Wars, December sixteenth, twenty twenty two. So we have a little while before any more Star Wars. I literally, there are probably 50 some movies here. Uh, I kind of jumped around to the main guys. Man, oh man. Well, all right. So here's something for you guys. Now, you know, I I try not to be too hard on the millennial among us. Um, And in fact, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of research outside of this, and I think I've been a little too hard on the millennials. And but I've been a very good friend of the millennials over the years, given the fact that I did marry one. Um, but I'm interested. I, I'm Phil. You watched Animaniacs, right? I know Matt. You had to have watched Animaniacs. Oh yeah, Animaniacs. Right? Sure. Freakazoid. Oh, Freakazoid is hysterical. But Animaniacs, last year Hulu announced that it was reviving the Animaniacs. The early 90s cartoon was a subversive afternoon favorite of mine featuring rotating sketch comedy bits and characters. Now, the breakout characters for the Animaniacs were easily pinky in the brain. The brain being a genetically altered mouse who acquired super intellect and attempted world domination on a nightly basis. He was usually unwittingly thwarted by his sidekick, Pinky, who acquired a less than super intellect, I guess you could say. And Hulu finally announced that all the principal voice actors and the writers and creators are all back. Um, So the release date has yet to be given, but I was kind of a little bit um, on edge about them you know, saying that the Animaniacs is coming back, but now that everyone that did it before is coming back, including the voices, I'm starting to feel like, okay, this is definitely something I'm going to check out. What about you guys? Pinky in the Brain? I mean, Pinky in the Brain always had a little bit more of an adult overtone, too, for uh, for, sure. for a, a kid's cartoon. Uh, so I'm excited. I think it'll be really enjoyable. I, I remember enjoying it a lot as a kid. I haven't watched it since I was a kid. Oh, so I, but... Uh, Maybe maybe it's looking back with the rose-colored glasses, but I do remember loving I don't know, it. No, man, I feel like it was. I still remember bits from that. It's one of those things that it started with Tiny Toon Adventures. Okay. And then, and then it was you know because here's what happened, um, and Tim actually reported on this for us. I think a while back, Tiny Toon Adventures comes out right, and then through that they introduced Batman the Animated Series, and then after that. Uh, because that was such a success, they kept going with it. Warner Brothers cartoons kept, you know, like trying to revive itself, and, and then Animaniacs comes, and then Freakazoid comes, and those things burn so hot and bright for about four years, and then they're just gone. Um, so now it looks like they're finally coming back. It's it's weird because if you think about like the '90s, Warner Brothers was sitting in the seat that Disney is now. Um, yeah, and it's I guess maybe it's reason one of the reasons they kind of faltered a little bit was because they didn't you know they didn't nurture some of these things that were so successful like the Animaniacs for long enough. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, well let, me, let me let me hear Matt's thing, and then I I need to circle back to something. Okay. Yeah, as far as like maybe not grabbing the torch when they could over carrying it for longer than they needed to, or 
long as they could have possibly. I don't have much to thought about that. Um, if they are re-releasing Animaniacs, I'm absolutely going to watch some of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's one line in particular that I always seem to think about, and I don't know if this is if I've got it completely wrong or not, but there's this one episode in Animaniacs where they're talking about we're going to do something or we're going to die trying or how about some tie dying and then they go off to these, all these other things and i don't know that pops up into my head all the time i don't know but yeah no i'd be absolutely excited to catch on some of that and if they wanted to re-release freakazoid i'd watch that as well oh for sure yes <laughs> uh, what always comes back to me is hello nurse oh, hello oh, yeah. nurse yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so uh, regardless, yeah, I'm 100% excited about this. The thing I wanted to circle back to just randomly, uh, I, I read something yesterday that they're talking about bringing another season of Batman the Animated Series out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to see what you found about I had about not them. heard that. Yeah. Um, that's, you know what, we're going to have to wait till our buddy returns for that one. Um, if that's the truth, I have a feeling he's going to be on top of that, man, so... Um, okay. We'll see. I hadn't heard that, but honestly, if you had a mention, I, I don't know because, know. like, I used to really get excited for all those movies they were doing, and then mm-hmm. I tried watching one maybe a month ago, and I got about twenty minutes into it. I'm like, Ugh, I can't do this anymore. Um, <laughs> it's good. Now, moving on, and I, I, this I'm super excited about, but also slightly disappointed. Guys, remember Dragon's Lair? Oh yeah, Matt, you remember that? No, I don't. Dragon's mm-hmm. Lair, the Don Bluth. It was a it was a video game. It was the they they uh they really you know it was brought back to uh, life a little bit, featured in Stranger Things season two. It was a Don Bluth production, and uh, you know American or uh, American Tale, Fievel, uh Land Before Time, and the Dragon's Lair mm-hmm. was a video game. It was a video a cabinet video game in the arcades. Now. It was animated, though. It was animated by Don Bluth, and it was one of those things where you walk in the arcade, and you're still in the arcade, the 1980s arcade era, where you're not you're, you're not even in 16-bit graphics. You're still dealing with, like, 8, 8-bit graphics, you know, and your Atari consoles at home. They look better than the Atari consoles at home, but they're still fun games. Like, I was an old arcade kid, man. I, I mean, I grew up in those arcades, and... You walk in and you see Dragon's Lair, and I was completely blown away because it was such a major leap forward. Now, in the years since, you realize there was a bit of sleight of hand involved in which there was a laser disc in there that just jumped you from animated sequence to the next animated sequence. Um, But it was gorgeously animated. And you go on YouTube now, and, you know, there's a lot of people who have uh, edited together the whole thing, which ends up to being about maybe a 10 to 15 minute cartoon, but they were wonderful. They're wonderful, wonderful cartoons, really funny, really witty. And, uh, it basically centered around a guy, Dirk, the daring, trying to make it to defeat the dragon, to save a girl. Um, now there was a Kickstarter that failed. And then an Indiegogo that was successful by Don Bluth, a former Disney animator who, um, wanted to get the full length, Dragon's Lair cartoon animated feature going. And the Indiegogo was successful in the fact that he wanted to make a a, a sizzle reel to show what he can do. And, and I joined that thing so quickly, I can't even believe it. And I have a t-shirt from it. It was wonderful, and I, and I loved it. And it looks like they're now not going to make the the cartoon movie, but they are going to make a live action movie with Ryan Reynolds as Dirk the Daring. This is official. It's coming straight to Netflix. 
Um, so, man, I don't know if you remember it now, but just go ahead and look up Dragon's Lair, Google it, and you're going to see it and go, oh, yeah, I, I do remember this now. I mean, it was for a good long while there in the 80s. It was a big deal. And I think what happened was people started to figure out, ah, it's, you know, it's essentially a very it's a glorified DVD menu is what it was. Yeah, um, it was Phil, a- do you have any, uh, any connection to Dragon's Lair at all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I played it. They uh, they did a re-release a little while ago that you could you could pick it up for relatively inexpensive on uh, the newer systems. Um, it is. It's a point-and-click game. You figure it out. You get through it. You can get through the thing in like maybe fifteen twenty minutes. Um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Cool. For the time, it was beautiful. I re- I remember seeing it in arcades also. Yeah, it's um, funny though when you see it. Like I said though, when you walk in the arcade, it was such a major leap forward. Even then, you're like, "How is this possible? This can't. We can't have gone that far so quickly." And, yeah, and in fact, haven't. you really didn't. But it was yeah. such a great, great way to solve a problem back then. Um, oh yeah. So I, I don't know about you, but you know, I, 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 there's not going to certainly there won't be a Dragon's Lair special for our podcast. But there's got to be. I'm, I'm excited for this. Just about, I'm about as excited for this as you know anything else that's coming along. But you said um, Ryan Reynolds. He's in so much anymore. I, I we'll see. I, I I still do feel like I'm glad there's something coming, but I do still feel that they were gonna the movie they were gonna make was gonna be a traditional 2D animated feature, and I was so all for that. Being oh yeah, that would get it. So I'm, I'm I am very sad that that's not happening. But Don Bluth is on board with this. Um, so I mean, it's good to see because you know he's he's one of those legends of the animated uh, world. So he, he animated so much and produced so much of the things that we love. So I'm glad to see that he's he's at least uh, involved in this. It should hopefully retain the spirit of Dragon's Lair. Now, um, a couple of sad notes to end on tonight. Uh, rest in peace, Juan Jimenez. He is an Argentinian artist who I'll, I'll confess I did not know but by name, but when I saw his art, he was immediately familiar to me. He grew to popularity through the Heavy Metal Magazine portal, which is a bit of a, a subset of comic book culture from the 80s. Uh, trust me, you have all seen this man's work. He's very sci-fi, machine-oriented, um, simultaneously nightmarish and beautiful at the same time. So, I mean, go look up Juan Jimenez, and uh, you'll, you'll, you'll know his work as soon as you see it. And also, uh, rest in peace, Honor Blackman, the, an original Avenger, that of the old British spy TV series. The Avengers, which predates even James Bond, coincidentally, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, you can't not laugh without saying this, but she played the most famous or infamously named Bond girl, Pussy Galore, <laughs> in Goldfinger. Um so and, and this this does I always remember like even as a kid hearing that like what is her name Pussy Galore and I always I don't know you guys remember Austin Powers like they had the, oh, yeah. the, the parody character mm-hmm. and her name was a lot of vagina <laughs> so it's just it's that's when that's the moment I think James Bond turned to a little bit of ridiculousness and, and speaking of I know that a couple of weeks ago I had my buddy Mark on and uh, he helped me out with some news segments and we got to run down the, you know the eternal question to anyone who's who's involved in James Bond is who's your bond and he and I ran through our bonds from six through one and I teased to uh, he and I doing our top ten bond films um, but you know, something happened. I, uh, I, I, I won't get too far into it. 
Um, something happened, and that episode is gone. And I don't know what happened to it. I did contact Mark to apologize. He graciously agreed to come back on probably in October, November when the new movie is being released, and we're going to re-record that top ten Bond films. Um, awesome. Yeah, so, uh, so again, sorry, Mark, and thanks for being so cool about it. And, and thanks. Uh, I'll thank you once again when we get back into that. Okay, so Matt, thanks for uh, sitting through this with us and going through our while we were away segment. Uh, but now, you know, we do live in different times, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that. But let's just say a lot of us who are involved in this podcast and a lot of us who may be listening suddenly find ourselves with a little bit of time on our hands. Time in which we can use to catch up with things. This age of social distancing is presumably set about the time for the things we've left fall in the rearview mirror. What have we tried catching up with? Movies, games, TVs, comics, again, you know, whatever you're catching up with. Now, I've got a couple of things uh, that I'd like to talk about tonight with you guys. And, I, <laughs> of course, I wrote them down. And then uh, right before you got on, um, Phil and I had a little bit of an issue, and we, we finally got back in here. But, all right, I got it. Here we go. Uh, one of the things I've been trying to catch up with is Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, as I've mentioned in the podcast before, I'm an old school original series guy. I'm a big time Star Trek original series, and that's pretty much where it ended. I caught episodes of The Next Generation uh, when it was on as a kid, and one of the great things about those old Star Trek episodes is they were all self-contained, so you could just sort of watch one and be done with it. And if you didn't catch the show for you know three four weeks at a time, it didn't hurt you. Um, but I, I mean, I grew up watching it old Star Trek '60s series. I love it to this day. I mean, Phil and I actually did a retro watch of uh, and our old co-host Johnny um, when we did our Star Trek special back in 2016 and I know Phil you sort of like rediscovered it for yourself um, and you, when you watch that original show you recognize like all the pop culture punchlines that you know people associate with it they're not really present in the show which is interesting but the next generation I had seen a bunch of episodes but never really watched it straight through and I am after season like midway through season three I don't think there's a bad episode maybe one bad episode it is everything People have said it is for 25 years. I mean, it is absolutely fantastic. The performances, the storylines, um, it, it's just so good. I, I mean, even like as a defender of some of these things, I can't believe like I it took me this long to get to it. Um, I'm about halfway through season six. And then there's season seven, and that's it. And I am taking your advice, Phil, because Picard, I think, just wrapped up, and people are really, really ecstatic about it. Um, and I said on this podcast when they announced it about a year ago that it felt like a really big deal to me, and it turns out it is a big deal. Like That show, um, they're going to do a season two, so I don't feel um, – as you know i don't feel like i need to really hurry to catch up i'm so far along now in the next generation that i feel like i may as well just wait because i know there are so many callbacks um to the next generation that uh to watch picard i haven't watched discovery yet i'll probably watch discovery uh for uh picard first because i'm really excited to see it i know right now it's free but that's one of those things i don't have a problem paying for it once it comes around yeah. i'm doing it um and another thing i'm catching up with is i'm finally catching up with some of the newer comics and I just read the final issue of East of West, which I've been covering. I've been reading that since it started. God, that feels like maybe the second year of us doing the podcast. So that thing's been around uh, for me for a long time. Um, so that's what I've been catching up with. Uh, let's go to you, Phil, and then we'll go to Matt. 
Oof, I've been catching up with a lot because unlike the two of you, I have no children. So I have more time on my hands. Um, so I'm going to do a quick list and then kind of talk about some of the things I've focused on. Uh, starting with video games, I finally beat Zelda Breath of the Wild, which I've been holding on to forever. Um, I played Odin Spear, I've been playing some Monster Hunter, and tomorrow Final Fantasy VII comes out, and I'm super excited about the remake of that. Um, TV, I finally finished Breaking Bad after, you know, taking forever on that thing. Um, the girlfriend and I uh, watched the second to newest season of American Horror Story. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but it's something to watch. We started The Witcher. Um, we finished BoJack Horseman. I've been watching The Simpsons on Disney Plus and a whole ton of anime because I have a problem. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to movies, uh, we did the whole uh, M. Night Shyamalan comic book Films, so we did Unbreakable, Split, and then Glass. Uh, checked out Doctor Sleep, the sequel to The Shining. Uh, watched Scary Stories. Dark. Yeah, uh, basically all of the Pixar movies in random order, and uh, Detective Pikachu because Pokemon. Uh, books. I finished the physics of the superhero, which was awesome. Uh, I might need to lend that to you at some point, Darren. Oh, I think I have it. A uh, certain someone uh, gifted that to me. Oh yeah, well, yeah, Mr. Matt go. gave me that for Christmas. So, well, it's 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 interesting to say the least. If you enjoy reading physics before bed, mm-hmm. uh, Grim's Tale. Because uh, every once in a while you just need to read some Grimm's Fairy Tales. And I've been reading, uh, or I'm going to, it's on my list, of reading Caging Skies, which is the book that Jojo Rabbit was based off of. Oh, Um, really? Yes. And Jojo Rabbit is a fantastic movie if you have not seen it. Uh, Comic book-wise, I kickstarted this thing called Above the Clouds, which is about a girl who's basically mute and writing notes back and forth between a guy who's writing a story about somebody trying to stop the dragon in the clouds which is really cool nice beautiful hardbound book and i'm going to start saga because i have the first three volumes waiting to be read uh so yeah my main focus though has been uh trying to knock out the back catalog of video games but final fantasy is going to put a major dent in that because that thing comes out and that is my childhood wrapped into a new game so i've been busy watching a lot what about you, Matt? What's going on over there? Well, <clears throat> everything I've been able to do, I've been able to do uh, circling around two uh, two-year-old twins that are potty training right now. So <laughs> when I'm not trying to juggle them, uh, some of the things that we've been doing with uh, my wife and I had a, a list of movies that we wanted to try to get through uh, some point recently. So we've been able to watch Knives Out, which was amazing. That was oh my God, it was so good. It was amazing. It was great. I'm a big Ryan Johnson fan, so so that was a really nice one for me to catch. Um, and last night, we actually watched Parasite, and I don't know if you guys have seen that yet. That was breathtaking. It was an amazing, amazing movie. Uh, I would absolutely recommend somebody catching that right away. So from a movie front, we've been able to do that. Of course, you guys mentioned the Disney Plus stuff. Uh, in no you know chronological order, we've seen pretty much every single Pixar release or every recent Disney uh, animated release um we did just watch onward which i don't i mean how does pixar i don't know how pixar does it so consistently it's absolutely crush it every single time and that you know movie really tugged at the heartstrings do you have Um, a brother uh do i have a brother yeah yes that messed you up like it messed me up oh yeah without a doubt oh absolutely very good 
yeah no and me being the older brother and yeah no i completely that was really really crushed me at the end there it was a beautiful beautiful movie but um and then the other things that you know try to I haven't been able to do a whole lot with comic books, so I'll I'll kind of talk about what I would recently had done uh, prior to this too. You had mentioned the saga comics. Anything Brian K. Vaughn does, I'm you know really really down with. I loved Barriers. I thought that was a really interesting um, little thing that he had done. That little offshoot five uh, um, issue series that he'd come out with. Um, but I really enjoyed uh, this. It was originally a podcast about a family playing Dungeons and Dragons. And then they recently did uh, an animated, or I'm sorry, a, a graphic novel to it. And it's called The Adventure Zone. Um, and I don't know if you guys have read that yet, but that is, I've listened to the entire podcast yeah. series of the Balance Arc uh, twice now. And that's uh, roughly about 70 episodes long. Um, it's actually 69 episodes, which is a joke on the, sh on the podcast. But, um, but they've released two of the original uh, campaigns, and they've been absolutely amazing. Uh, they're releasing another one in July this year, so I'm really excited to see that one come out. Um, so I definitely recommend that. Of course, um, I was trying to get a little bit caught up. My son has fallen in love with Spider-Man, and so I've kind of you know, gotten a little bit more involved with Spider-Man. And so I got uh, some of the traits of uh, Spider-Man and Deadpool crossover. I thought that was kind of interesting. I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, from a book's perspective, I kind of um, I told Darren... Over Christmas vacation, I purchased um, *Heir to the Empire*, so I was re-reading re those. Um, I had attempted it before, and, and unfortunately, I had to put a pin in that. Uh, but since we've been unfortunately under quarantine, um, I've actually gotten my history chops back. So, uh, being a former history teacher, you know, I've finally been able to read some of the books that I wanted to read before. Um, so, I read about uh, the Norman Conquest of England, and then I followed that up with the Plantagenet family of England, and then I'm following that up with the wars of the roses and i'm pretty much going to be an anglophile for about a month and a half here um but yeah so those are some of the things that i've been able to catch up on uh, a lot recently i tried to get into the tiger king baby right now and i just i don't like any of those people and i just my wife and i are on episode four and i think we just had to pause it and just kind of say maybe no we'll in that. maybe oh. we won't i oh it's rough you're not going to get any heavy recommendation for me uh -uh. See it. If you want to watch it, watch it. If you don't, I'm not pushing you. Yeah, it's <laughs> trash. Yeah, exactly. It is just <sighs> a group. Yeah. Uh, I'm good things. on it. <laughs> two things. One, Adventure Zone. Um, yes, huge fan. Uh, Pedals of the Metal. I'm super excited for in July. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and uh, second, somehow, some way, maybe we can hook up. I have the whole run of that uh, Spider-Man and Deadpool. I can try <laughs> to get that into your hands. Oh, that'd be a t that'd be amazing. Yeah, it's like fifty some issues. I I have the whole run. Yeah, I tried purchasing. There was about a, a several packs of twenty on eBay that I was trying to bid, and every single time I kept on getting outbid right in the last maybe five minutes. And we can we can talk it out, and maybe after this pandemic thing ends, I can hand <laughs> off to you. That sounds great. I would ab well, absolutely spend. Hopefully, if we get sure. an opportunity, Matt will agree to come on with us during Free Comic Book Day, since that was pushed to later in the summer. Oh. So hopefully, we we'll get a chance to do that. Oh, yeah, just remind Absolutely. me. I'll, I'll pack them up and bring them along. Oh, Sounds right. Yeah, but you know, uh, Matt, anything else to say before we continue? We wrap this part up? No, 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 no. I just, I mean, I've, it's been nice, you know, to kind of catch up on some of the pop culture things I feel like I've missed uh, being in the job that I have. So uh, this has been a really, really nice respite. Um, obviously, it's concerning. I don't want to underplay anything that people have experienced, but from somebody who has not been directly affected by the, the virus itself, you know, this has been a nice opportunity for me to kind of uh, 
sit back and, and kind of calmly be able to kind of work my way through some of the things that I've been trying to do and read and, and take part in. Well, so if you're acting responsibly, that's what you should be yes. doing. So yeah, for sure. all yeah. right. But you know what? Right. Before we wrap this up, I do have one more thing I've caught up on. I uh-huh. am all caught up with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, you're not. I am all caught it? up with the Marvel oh. Cinematic Universe. I knew I had to save this for last because I thought, I thought right now Phil is almost in tears. Oh, it's about time, man. <laughs> Holy crap. It has been an arduous journey for all of us. <laughs> I've been pushing so hard for this to happen. The pandemic had to happen for you to watch those movies. (laughs) Yes, essentially. Um, And please, people, we are—we always operate this podcast within the bubble of pop culture, so we we are not being flippant. We are just Mm -hmm. saying what what is happening. Yeah, I did call Tim earlier this week to discuss this with him because I knew he wasn't going to be able to be with us. So I'm really happy that I was able to book Matt to be on the podcast because. I know that he's a big fan, too. I have some thoughts, if you're interested. Uh, all right. Sure. Let's, hear Let's hear it. Um, I'll say this. One of the first things Tim asked me was thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm going to say a very enthusiastic thumbs up overall. Good. Um, yep. <laughs> Phil's judging me right now. He's like, you better say that. You, like, if he was – I'm, I'm, I might be lucky that he's not sitting across from me this time. <clears throat> this <laughs> – uh, but – I'll say this. I've got two that I didn't connect with. I've got one that I list as an absolute crushing disappointment. I've got one, two, three that I liked, and I've got one, two that I loved. So I would say overall, so that's what? Eight films. Five of them I either love or liked. Two of them, I'm not going to say I didn't like them, but they just didn't hit me. I didn't really, eh, they're okay. And one of them I, I just was... I. I'm really disappointed in. in, in That's um, what I'm interested in. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, here we go. I, I'll start with the one I'm crushingly disappointed in. Okay. And it's the most recent one, Spider-Man Far From Home. Really? I am so sad that – I even talked with Tim on this, and he's like, I, I don't even remember what happened in that movie. And it says all I think you need to say. And you know what? Here it is. Um there's so much because of what's going on with Sony that they're not allowed to use, which is Spider-Man-esque. And I don't buy in. I don't want to get too far into this because I'd rather spend time on the one that I really, really, really enjoyed. Um, okay. It just didn't feel like Spider-Man. And it, and it was, it got to the point where some of the, the scenes were so cinematic or so CGI and so jumpy that I, I was, it was almost like those Michael Bay Transformer films to some degree. I, I felt for the Marvel films that I've seen, that was a step below of what they've been turning out. And I thought it was one of their worst efforts. No problem. I mean, Tom Holland is occupying the Pierce Brosnan, James right. Bond, where he's fantastic. Everything else around him is not. It wasn't taking, his fault. Taking I, I, off my rose-colored glasses, I, I can understand where you're coming from because, you know, big Spider-Man fan. It's Spider-Man. It's I done character-wise, you know, super right. Um, I, I get where you're coming from. Some Like the Peter Tingle pissed me oh, off on, on this. Him wanting um, to be the, the new Iron Man. Like, I'm not Tony Stark. I'm like... That, yeah. Okay. I didn't know that was going to be the whole movie. <laughs> so, I, I get it. I get it. I, I mean, I'd I, rather spend time on Spider-Man, not more. It was an Iron Man movie without Iron Man. 
That's All the right, problem I had with it. Um, I will let you, I'll let you have that. I'll, I'll give it to let you. Let me have it. I'll have what I want, <laughs> fool. <laughs> what did you think of that one, Matt? What do you think of that? Well, I, I when I saw it in the theater, I enjoyed it. Maybe it was just the experience of seeing it in the theater. Yeah, you know, uh, but I didn't. I didn't. You know, I didn't rush out and tell everybody to go out and see it. But to give you some credence to what you're saying there, and I borrowed it from Redbox about maybe two weeks ago. Made it about halfway through before I had to go to bed, uh, just feeling tired because I'm an old fart. And then the following day, rather than picking up where I left off, I I took it back to Redbox. I did not finish it the second time through. It's so, it so was, disappointing. But it wasn't. It Do you wasn't know that I thought it was bad? I just wasn't. I don't know. And I and like you said, Tom Holland is outstanding. Yes. I think he's fantastic. He's nailed the tone. But I just not wasn't really overly. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think I had a similar situation. I had fun with it in the theater because I've seen it mm -hmm. since, and I didn't like it as much. I think one of the big things that took away from it for me is a better Spider-Man movie came out in between with Spider-Verse. Oh, that's a good point. Yes. So yeah. we got a better Spider-Man movie, and then we got an okay Spider-Man movie. Like, it's not bad. It's not bad yeah. by any imagination, but it, it's not it, It's not Spider-Man-like. Spider. I mean, the Miles Morales Spider-Man movie was more Spider-Man than the last Peter Parker Spider-Man movie. You know what the problem is? I think that that's a... I, I'm not going to say it's a sign of that things in the Marvel Universe are in trouble, but it's one of those things that... I mean, I assumed after watching these things when I did, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be great. I, I never, it never registered to me. And it wasn't that it wouldn't be good. And I got about halfway through this movie and I'm like, my God, I don't like this thing. This thing, what the hell are they doing in Venice? What, I mean, why, all, are you, all we're doing is talking about Iron Man. This whole freaking movie, we're talking about Iron Man. I mean, I get it. He, he you know, Endgame didn't happen. What, it was, this came out a couple of months after Endgame, right? So yeah. that's still a fresh wound, but you know, it's like, can we talk about Spider-Man? Can can we do that now? How about that? I mean, and, and you know, and the other thing I, I think I have a problem as a, as a comic book traditionalist is, you know, the complete, you know, the upgrading the uniforms every single like it now feels like every you don't even do it movie to movie. It's like halfway through the movie, we're getting he got three costumes in that movie. I'm like, oh my god, you know, <laughs> come on now. Um, so that one, I, I just, I'm really disappointed. I'm a big Spider-Man fan, and, uh, you know, we're starting to get, it's, it's starting to be hard to get a Spider-Man, I mean, you know, I loved Homecoming. I thought it was great, and for whatever reason, they just they didn't have it with that one, and I'm, I'm a little concerned. Um, didn't connect with me. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I think the Chris Pratt thing's just getting old for me, and, I mean, he's literally Chris Pratt in every movie he's in. He just plays that guy. So, you know, the problem is, he's the one responsible for the snap, no one seems to care about that, by the way. Um, I didn't like Captain Marvel. I thought the character's great. I liked when she showed up in Endgame, but that, I, that movie wasn't very good, I didn't think. It was really weirdly paced. That's now, my least favorite, actually. What's that? That's my least favorite of uh, the more recent. Um, I liked... You know, it's funny. When I talked to Tim the other day, I actually listed Thor Ragnarok on ones that didn't connect with me. Let me be very careful. I didn't say I didn't like them. I actually did tell Tim that I didn't like it. Um, but I think, you know, most of the time when I, we talk about these things in the podcast, I say I'm usually careful to say it didn't connect with me because I'm trying not to say that I think it was bad. I only say that for Spider-Man because I do think it was a bad movie. I don't think it was very good. But, um, but then I actually – it's funny – 
it came on FX, and I was working out while watching it, and I was laughing my head off. I, mean, I don't know what happened the first time, and I thought about it. Binging these things is fun, but one thing I don't think works is that the Marvel brand of humor, which is essentially a character says something, and then everyone else face palms or shrugs their shoulders and sighs about how silly they're being, and then you watch Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's literally the entire movie. Like, anytime Star-Lord opens his mouth, someone's going, oh, my God. Like, slapping their forehead, like, really, Peter? You know, that, that's the whole movie. Like, even, like, Dave Bautista's like, really, Quinn? Or Quill? You know, that's, it's like, really, Quill? Really, Peter? That's the whole freaking movie. And then you get, you get that with Thor, all of a sudden. And it's just, like... But once I got some distance from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and then I rewatched Thor, I'm like, "Oh, it plays much better." So I, since I talked to Tim, I've upgraded uh, Thor. I, I liked it a lot more. Um, Infinity War and Endgame, liked them both. I think I liked Endgame a lot more than Infinity War. But you know, it's funny. I, I remember Martin Scorsese came out and said that those those two movies aren't movies. And he got a lot of flack for that. And my, I'm kind of in the camp, like, listen, if Martin Scorsese says those aren't movies, who the hell am I to argue with Martin Scorsese? Um, I get what he's saying, though. He's saying that they're events. And those two movies, especially Infinity War, just felt like a three hours of constant climax where there was no story. You all knew it was going to happen. Even I, I mean, I would tell you right now, if I saw it opening night, I knew it was going to happen. And even then, like, you know, being the educated viewers we are, the snap happens, and then Black Panther's gone. Okay, so what you're telling me is you just did a movie that made $900 billion, and you're going to kill off the main character and not make another one? Yeah, I don't think that's how business works. Um, so you kind of knew that was going to be undone. I don't think I minded that it was going to be undone, and I knew it was going to be undone. But I get where he's saying that like these things are just events now. They're not really movies. They're not really you know. There's not plots. It's just you know. I I, I mean, forgive me for being a little bit blue here, but a lot of times some of those movies are just like porn movies. They're just the dialogue only exists to get you to the next scene. You know what I mean? Um, and that's kind of how those movies played out. Don't get me wrong. An amazing spectacle, without question. I mean, there were times where um, I was just kind of like holding my face watching this stuff like i started watching some of them while working out and i had to stop because i i, I would stop working out i'm like okay this is this is driving me crazy um like i love some of the time travel stuff like especially with uh captain america and iron man going back in time um so i i really i i see why the the payoff was there and i enjoyed it you know and and end game you know, it's funny. Everyone was talking about how satisfying the ending was, and, I, and it was so it was so weird that I wasn't feeling it. And then, like the last five minutes, you're like, oh, "Okay, yeah, this wraps up really nicely." It, it, those two movies, I, I don't think there's anything like them in movie history that you wrap up what twenty some odd movies into one neat package, um, and how everyone sort of gets their moment to shine. Um, it's so funny. I heard so much about that one scene where all the girl characters get together and how silly it was. I thought it was great. I, I thought it played out really nicely on screen. Um, and uh, Thanos is an achievement. I mean, it's. I mean, he's sort of. I would say in pop culture, supplanted Darth Vader as the 
you know, most widely referenced bad guy. I think time will eventually put Vader back up there. Um, but, you know, I actually referenced Thanos in my James Bond, Who's Your Bond segment with Mark when I talked about Daniel Craig, who was one of my entries, and I said, listen, I don't think Thanos messes with Daniel Craig's James Bond at this point. And I use Thanos as a, as a measuring stick to another character's badassery. Um, although I still make a point at saying, you know, I, I, when I talked about Justified and Raylan Givens on the podcast, saying that Raylan Givens would back up Thanos, I still think he would. Um, but, uh, yeah, I enjoyed both of those. And now the ones I loved... Um, are the two remaining Ant-Man and Wasp which I had stated before I had uh, tapped out on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Ant-Man was my favorite of the films I'd seen so far and Black Panther was everything everyone said it was I loved Black Panther it was I actually told Tim it was on my on its way to being one of my favorite superhero movies ever until the last scene and that fight scene between uh, Warmonger and Black Panther on that rail, it just turned into a cartoon. Like, the CGI seemed, at least like I was watching it on my TV, it seemed like it was a step below what I was used to from Marvel. And and he agreed with me, and he was like, yeah, it was, everything else was so wonderful. And I think what was jarring was they kept cutting to that amazing battle scene in Wakanda, and then they would cut to that martial arts, like, cartoon it was a cartoon because it was all cgi and i was really disappointed in it but nevertheless it was absolutely wonderful i loved black panther so man i made it i'm here and i told you i had to catch up before shang chi um that's true so all right there you go buddy i'm all right i'm right there with you i enjoyed it so i mean i mean am i kind of on the right track with with most of the i i most of the 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 marvel people going like you know i don't know where i am in that i i I remember thinking how odd it was last summer when we didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, because I think that maybe you didn't want to admit it at the time. It wasn't that great. And I mean, fact, it's fine. I still think it's fine. But, I, again, it's. I think I think one of your biggest issues and why I think you're being a little more critical is, one, you, you always are a little more critical on films than I am, but also because you binge them, which does change again i mean you kind of already said that i I do think that does hurt it a little i don't think so um and i wrote down on here if you were going to be here tonight that my criticisms would be dismissed partially because i binged the films um i don't i think that i am a, a an experienced comic book reader and watcher that spider man's not going far from home is not up to the standard of marvel movies i saw over the last month again didn't say it was great but i think you are being slightly more critical simply because of the binge i think you would have been a little less critical if you'd seen it removed in watching and i'm gonna say just watching them as they came out in the theater those are the some of the movies where i'll put the time aside and i'll go out to the theater and stuff like that you know it's kind of a respite from from real life for a little while um i think that i did not have them assessed the same way that you had them assessed um I enjoyed Endgame really well, and I think on the podcast at, at Comic Book Day, uh, we talked about them sticking the land. I thought that was really important. Oh, I them again, I thought that they nailed that part of it. But I still liked Infinity War better. Me too. Yeah, I liked it. And um, Thor Ragnarok might be one of my favorite movies 
outside of the MCU. So like, I just really, really enjoyed it because it's a buddy comedy. And I, I don't know, there was just something about it that was really, really funny. And I, I thought they really nailed the tone of that one. And that might just be, I, that's the one that maybe favorite is not the one the right word for it, but it's perhaps one of the most rewatchable movies out of that entire series. I get and what you're is, saying that because like, yeah. you know, I found myself watching it again and, and I mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, I, I, I get it now. I, I'm starting to come on yeah. board with it. Well, yeah, but I can't rewatch Infinity War and Endgame right now because I feel like I got to pack a lunch. I just I don't yeah. know that. One. <laughs> well, you know they're kind of the, it's the same. More difficult. They're really one movie when you get down to it. Yeah, I, mean, right. I could have just listed them both the same. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, it's like I say, Infinity War is better than Endgame. I'm like, well, is it? I don't know. I mean, I liked it better, but I mean, it's 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 literally it's the same thread. So I mean, I guess you really can't distinguish between those two. It's a I, I think it's because you had. Well, you had it as a full thread, and we had it as like a segmented thread. Like, I, I think that's the reason that we see it slightly differently, and, that, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's the beauty of this whole thing that we do is we're all not going to have the same opinion about things. We're not going to necessarily love the things the same level as others. I mean, you may have enjoyed something less than I did because you weren't in the same situation. I was the same mind space I was. You weren't in the theater. Like, th- there's still much there. And you're totally entitled to how you feel as everyone else is it's just i mean i i think that's the beauty of film watching and i coming out of it i still don't feel like i wasted any of my time and, and that's big other than the dark world but that was a long ah time. you know what that's the one i still haven't seen and then tim just said hey, don't worry about it you're good you're i still good. that's you're the only good. one i have not seen is thor the dark world i'm like i thought about like when i started the binge watch can you like should i go back to that and i'm like no i'm not that would stop because i didn't like the first thor <laughs> I mean, and I thought it the first one was a sloppy movie, yeah. and then like right. I heard the second one's even worse. I'll be one of those like, uh, I'll if I, if I ever get around to it, I will. But it's just you know, if I feel somehow the nostalgic only, for the Thor, you know. the only important part of Dark World is in Endgame, so you're fine. Perfect. Like it's, it's you're done. That's fine, unless you really want to know about more about Jane Foster before the next Thor comes out. But you have two years, so you're yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah we'll be fine we'll be fine all right, all right well so. anyhow we're going to jump more into a specific movie a little bit later this month uh where we talk about the empire strikes back because it's been 40 years 40 years that's a ridiculous amount of time predates you Phil. it does predate me that is very accurate uh and so we we'll talk about yeah, that's true, because we're the same age. So uh, we'll talk about some deleted scenes, abandoned storylines, early visions. We'll talk about our favorite moments. And we have a little special retro review that uh, ties up some loose ends between Empire and the Return of the Jedi. So until later this month, enjoy catching up on your comics. <laughs>